Hey, thanks for joining us on another episode here of About Faith. I truly uh, am grateful for everyone that listens. I think uh, here recently, uh, sometime early this month, uh, we hit over 3,000 downloads or listens. And I appreciate everyone that uh, listens and tunes in and shares it, likes it, uh, comments. Um, It's really appreciated. Uh, I remember when I first decided that I wanted to kind of start the podcast. I didn't know if people were going to support it, like it, listen. I mean, at the end of the day, I just wanted to be able to talk about the gospel and talk about things that pertain to the gospel because there's so much other stuff that's out there. And um, I mean, people have their voice outside of uh, Christianity. And I mean, those things get shared 24-7 all day. So I just wanted to create a way for us, you know, to have a conversation about the Word of God and go through it. And I'm a person that, you know, love to read the Word of God and try to learn. I don't think I know uh, nearly as much as I uh, would like to know. I guess, you know, I just love reading the Word of God. And I just decided that let's get on this journey and me try to study and grow deeper and, and, and grow in God and just decided to see who would like to come on this journey with me. Um, so I'm not going to take up too much time today. I don't think this will be a long podcast, but I am going to continue with um, life and lessons and story of Jesus Christ. Um, I don't think I've done an episode like that in a, in a little bit, but um, we can kind of continue on that. I think the last one we did, we were talking about um, the woman at the well, and we kind of went through that story and uh, we ended um, right before the second miracle. So we're going to pick up right on that, talking about the second miracle uh, that Jesus performed. And you can actually find this story uh, in John chapter 4. So if you want to read it, John chapter 4 is where we're at, uh, verses 43 through 54. And I'm going to keep with what I do. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. They don't know, man. Maybe one day I may start reading all the verses before I get started, but um, I'm not going to read all the verses. I would definitely uh, ask you to go read it. Uh, John 4, 43 through 54. Um, and this story is um, basically just picks up talking. It's the, again, I stated it's the second miracle um, that Jesus would have performed. And I love that John illustrates this. And um, we're going to talk about a little bit of things. Again, I don't expect this to be a very long podcast, but um, hopefully uh, something is said that that you'll enjoy. Um, but just to give a little background so we can bring us, get us all up to speed. So remember when we left off last, he was in Samaria and the people asked Jesus to stay. Um, they loved his word. He was asked to stay there and he stayed with them for an extra two days uh, per their request. They wanted to uh, hear the words that he was saying and they wanted everything to everything that he was talking about. And they were hungry for what it is that he was had to say to them. And I could imagine that it was hard for him to leave them as they were open to hearing everything that he had to teach them. And I'm sure he would have loved to stay in Samaria speaking and talking with those who were just hungry for the words that he was speaking to them. And as you know, if you've had the chance to share the gospel with anyone, it's always a blessing to be able to share the gospel with those who want to hear it. I mean, there's so many people that turn their nose up at you or, uh, don't want to hear what you're having to give them, even though what you're giving them is the words to 
eternal life. It's so many people that don't want to hear that. It's always so, um, to what I'm looking for, I guess, refreshing uh, to hear, to talk to someone that wants to hear and is excited about hearing um, the good news of the gospel. And now, but now it's time for Jesus to move forward, forward and um, go away from this place and and if you know, when it comes down to it, there are going to be times when God is going to lead us where the reception is not going to be that great. Now, there's been times where I went um, to, um, we have street service or outreach ministry, what people call it. Um, we go out and there's times where you go out and it seems like everybody is welcoming to what you want to say. And then it's times you go out and it seems like nobody wants to hear what you have to say. There's been times where the police has been called. Um, and it's, 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 it's just, it's different. It's, um, but it's always a, a blessing when you're able to go and people want to hear, but again, there's going to be times where the Holy Ghost or God is going to lead you and it's going to be to places where the reception may not be, um, that great. And I know a lot of times what people try to do, they try to determine God's will for where he wants them to go based on uh, how easy things are going. And they try to equate that if it's going easy and smooth, um, that it must be blessed. You know, if it's smooth sailing and everything is going right, this must be the blessed way. But many times the blessed road is the one that will require us to experience some persecution and that it's going to be met with some trials and some opposition. Uh, it's, remember, it's Jesus who tells us that we are blessed when we are persecuted. As a matter of fact, we're even told that in the world we're going to have tribulation. And as we set out to do what we have been called and that is sure called to do, and that and that's sure the God's going to make disciples of men, uh, we're going to be met with some tribulation. But the good news is that Christ has overcome the world. And when we think about it, we're in Christ and in Christ's peace. So that means that there's no need for me to fear doing what God has called uh, me to do because of the opposition that I may face or the trials that may come upon me. Because even in the midst of those trials, even in the midst of that opposition, even even in the midst of the persecution, I can understand that I'm still going to be someone that is blessed. I'm going to be blessed with peace. I'm going to have favor. And God is going to protect me. He's going to watch over me. And although I may have to go through some hardships for it, I may be persecuted. I may be talked about. I may even uh, be lied on or anything for the gospel. It's still going to be worth sharing the gospel with people. And some may even wonder when you read this story, because Jesus was going to end up going back to a place where, um, they didn't really want Jesus for him. They wanted to hear about the miracles that he had performed. So they they, they wanted to see if he was going to come do, um, quote unquote, some more miracles for them. Or they wanted to see this spectacular work that he did. But they didn't necessarily want Jesus for Jesus. Um, they didn't want what he had to preach. If I, I was studying and I could be wrong, but I don't. I, I was just, it was just a quick read and they brought, I just thought about it again that they said that not, not too long after he was there, after he had came back to Cana, that now, uh, not after he had been there for so long, I think it was within like a week or two, someone was there and all of a sudden trying, they were already trying to kill him. So you see the reception was great. They seemed like they were excited to see him, but right afterwards, it looked like they were ready to 
get rid of him and kill him because of the words he preached. You you see, it's not just about miracles when it comes to Jesus, but Jesus is going to always require of us a lifestyle. See, he's not here. We have the same, or you here just for the fishes and the loaves, or you here just for the blessed things, or you here just for the car and the houses. But do you really, are you really looking for Christ? You see, no matter what I have, no matter what I go through, I want Christ for Christ because I understand that there is joy, that's peace, and that's everything I need in Christ. If I don't have a new house, if I don't have a new car, if I'm by myself and my friends walk off, and I heard the, the songwriter he said that as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need anything else. So back to this story we see, um, why would Jesus go back here? Um, and who knows, right? It could have been to cultivate the seed that was already planted and so many times, you know how the Bible talks about one waters, one plants. And sometimes we don't even know where we're going to be in that process, but we have to follow the will and the leading of God. So if he's telling us to go there, we could be the planter, we could be the water, the waterer. But it's important for us to go into those situations and uh, and and and. And, and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit that way that we are made sure that we are the one in the right place so God can actually give the increase. What if the person that's meant to water is not doing their job? What if the person that's meant to plant is not doing their job? Then how can we expect God to give the increase? It's not that God want, doesn't want to give the increase. Remember, he says that it's the laborers that are few. The harvest is right, but it's the laborers that are few. It's the laborers that are not on their job. It's the laborers that are not doing their part. It's not that God doesn't want to uh, uh, save. It's not that God doesn't have the ability in this day and time to deliver. But we must ask ourselves, are we doing our part? Were you meant to water and you missed that opportunity or you didn't go because how you, you didn't feel like going? Were you meant to go plant and now the person is trying to water where there was no seed planted? We have to make sure that we are always doing our part. So maybe Jesus is going back because the seed had been planted from the first miracle when he turned the water into wine. And no doubt that after that wedding feast, things began to circulate. Man, there was this man, his name was Jesus. They were out of of of, of the wine for the wedding and Jesus asked them to fill up water pots, asked them to fill it up to the brim. And they obeyed Jesus. And when Jesus had prayed over it, it turned into wine. He took water and made something out of water. Look at look at how the town must have heard about this and then all of a sudden he was gone and now this miracle worker, they're, they're, they're waiting to see what it is that he has for them and he's coming back and maybe it is he's ready to water the seeds that had already been planting and so where it gets out that Jesus is back in the first thing we see is a uh what the Bible calls a nobleman or a ruler. Uh, he had to be of somebody of importance who no doubt had heard about these miracles, right? He had heard about what Jesus had done and he's living in Capernaum, comes all the way from Capernaum, which is about twenty miles and who knows how long it took him, maybe three to five hours to get to Jesus. And I can imagine he has the situation that's going on, this crisis of his faith that is going on. And he's trying to get to Jesus because he has a son that is sick and his son is sick unto death. And I could imagine trying to get to Jesus and knowing what you know or what you've heard. You just want to see if this is 
that this can work out for you. I've no doubt this person being an official, uh, a nobleman, he's probably exhausted all of his resources on trying to help his son, and he's down to his last resort. And so many times, as my pastor would say, some situations become just Jesus situations. You go through life and you go through uh, uh, um, you have your trials and you have your opposition and you exhaust all your resources and you realize that your friends can't help you. Doctors can't help you. Parents can't help you. And this the situation that you have becomes a crisis of your faith and it becomes out to be just a Jesus situation. And no, no doubt that this man, he gets all the way to Jesus, finds him finds this miracle worker that he's been hearing stories about. And he's coming to him and saying, hey, can you come back with me? My son is about to die. I need you to come with me to heal my son. And sometimes people may read, they may think that Jesus's response may have been harsh, but I like because Jesus, as we, as I, go through this and as we go through these gospels, you'll see a lot of times Jesus is dealing with the heart matter. And he wasn't just talking to the noble um, nobleman. He was talking to the, the crowd that was around, um, that was around there in this day and time. Many people, like I stated earlier, they're not just here for what Jesus, for Jesus alone, but they're here for what Jesus can do. Can you give me things? I even remember a time where we went out, a group of us went out to witness and pass out tracks and try to spread the gospel. And there was a young lady who told me, she actually told me she doesn't want to serve God because she remember a time when she tried to serve God and she gave God an ultimatum that if he didn't make her life better within three months, uh, she was going to leave. And I began to talk to her and I was like, what kind of relationship is that? Who goes into a relationship Telling somebody, if you don't do this and do this in three months, then I'm going to leave. She put God on a 90-day probation program like jobs do. She told him, hey, if you in 90, you have 90 days to prove to me this or prove to me that you're going to make my life better. Uh, materialistic things is what she desired. She desired houses and cars and money. And that's what she was telling me. She gave God 90 days to fix her life naturally. And then she would think about serving him for the rest of her life. But that's not how it goes. When you're going to come to God, you have to be willing to give it all up. Even if he doesn't bless my life naturally, my goal is to give God my life spiritually. And then even the Bible says, but if she did what she didn't know, the Bible says no man having lived houses, cars, mother's father, land, that he's not going to give those things back to them double. He'll give it back to you. But you have to be willing to give it all up for him. And that's how Jesus was speaking to these people here, letting them know, like, hey, you're seeking signs. Uh, that's what you want. As a matter of fact, another portion, he said, it's an evil generation that just seek signs. You're looking for signs. And I get it. The Bible speaks about signs. These signs shall follow them. But those are the genuine people that he's talking about. He's not talking about people that are just looking for signs. You're just seeking signs and you don't have real and true faith. Except you see signs and wonders. He's saying you're not going to believe. That's how some of you are. Except you see these things, you won't believe. And 
I understand that it's going to take some people. Some people seeing is believing, but it's also a blessing for those that can believe even if they haven't seen. But the nobleman, he wasn't there just seeking so much um, I, I like these people. He had a real issue, and I like somebody, I like what you see is in this story. You see his ladder of faith. I told you in the beginning, he had a crisis of, of faith when he starts out. His faith is in crisis, like, can, how do I believe? How do I trust? And he still tells Jesus, after Jesus says these things, like, hey, I need you to come. I get that that's not, but I have a real situation here, and I need you you're the only one who can fix it. I've tried the doctors. I've tried my money. It doesn't work. I need you, the one they say have the power to work miracles, to come and work a miracle on my behalf. And I love it because when we first look at it, we don't see strong faith. Uh, we see a weak faith. We see a weak faith from this man. He's, he, he, he says to Jesus, hey, you have to come with me. So my son can be healed. And I love it because it didn't stop there. What happens is Jesus lets him know, hey, go, go, go your way. If you just go, your son will be healed. And I love it because this no man, he 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 believes the word of Jesus. Um, his crisis, his faith of crisis. I like how one commentator put it, his faith of crisis now is being a, 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 a faith of confidence. He has confident faith because he didn't stay around. After Jesus told him, go, that his son is healed, he believed the word of Jesus, and now he's traveling back home. He's standing on the word, and many of times we look for God to do something spectacular. We look for God to do something amazing, and a lot of times all he gives us is a word. Uh, you have a situation that you're dealing with, and you go to church, and the pastor just gives you a faith-building word. No, there's no fireworks. There's no furniture moving. There's no uh, uh, outpouring of the spirit, but just a word for you to hold on to. And a lot of times, that's all you have to believe and stand on. And that's for your confidence. You have to have a confidence in just the word. I don't need you to come. I don't need you to do something spectacular. But Lord, all I need is the word that it will work out. And I can stand on that. And I've noticed that the uh, the nobleman, he didn't hang around any longer. Um, after Jesus told him that his son was healed, he went and he started to make his trip towards the home. And he believed the word. I be that's my, my, I believe he believed the word that Jesus spoke. And he went home. And even before he got completely home, they said that the servants ran out to him and told him that his son was healed. Look at his uh, uh, confidence, his confident faith now is being moved in, in, into, into being confirmed. He's now having a faith that has been confirmed because they're saying, hey, this faith that uh, your son is healed. He asked them, when, when did it happen? When did this thing come about? And they told him, and he realized that it was at the moment Jesus spoke the word. So now this man is uh, uh, have a confidence at the word of Jesus. No doubt this probably changed his life and everyone's around him as he began to share uh, this testimony of how Jesus heals his son with just a word. I love it because you see these this, this ladder of faith going from crisis to confirmation. 
uh, uh, and you see this man's faith being built. I no doubt that he began to share his experience with others of how his son was healed simply through the word of God. And I love it because this 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 miracle serves as a bookend to the first miracle. It happened in the same place, and it happened at the request of two people. Jesus didn't go seeking these people, but they simply requested, and Jesus spoke a word and performed miracles in both these situations. I want to thank you for listening to this episode about faith. Let's go ahead and roll the outro. This has been another episode of the About Faith Podcast with me, your host, TJ Hawthorne. I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.